0: Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about punk rock. I don't know much about it, but I love all music and I want to learn more. Today, Luke Davison joins me in the studio with Brett Dean. Luke's dad has been a member of the Attics for over 30 years. He grew up in England and he tours with the band now. They're going to tell me a little bit more about punk rock, the scene, the music, and explain to me kind of the camaraderie behind it. This is The Little Bit Podcast. So luke just start off like telling me about growing up so you grew up in england around probably a bunch of punk rock people if your dad's been in this for a long time
1: yeah um grew up in england came to the states when i was 12 Nice. Um, prior to that i remember uh going to practices you know as a young child in in ipswich if is where they they started which okay. is um it's east about 80 miles east, northeast of uh, London. Hmm. But um, originally, my family, uh, Pete D and Mike, uh, Kid D, um, they're brothers. So Pete's the guitarist, Michael or Kid D is the drummer. They grew up in Sunderland, which is where most of my family is born um, from mm-hmm. up north. Oh, okay. But for somebody, you're a Northern. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> thick accents and
2: Shire folk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but huge, God. huge uh, soccer football fans. Um, Which team? Sunderland through and through. Oh, oh yeah. I
0: didn't know that was a team.
1: Yeah, that's a real okay. thing. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> they ended up meeting Monkey in Ipswich, from what I recall. But um, that's, I remember it, some of the first memories were me going to their practices and nice. Murray side <clears throat> and things like that. But um, from there, I think we immigrated over in 93. Mm hmm. Um, and my dad met a uh, second wife through touring mm-hmm. and fell in love with California. So that's nice. kind of and the Nice, and stayed over here. That was the natural uh, transition. Cool. Brought three kids over. Um, but I think uh, as far as punk rock's concerned, I was always kind of influenced with the freedom mm. that it, that it is, like, has in the music uh-huh. um, from my dad. I mean, they were never limited um, musically, I think they've always kind of taken their influences and put it into their sounds, not, mm-hmm. not trying to be like anyone else, which okay. I thought, I think I look back now and like, I think that's really, really cool. Um, okay. because back then in England, especially England, um, and even the States, Everyone thought they had to look a certain way,
0: right? Right, and I assume leather, it would be like right, studs, leather, skinny, aggression,
1: which is great. There's yeah. tons, tons of bands we like, mean Brad that, that still have that look, right. and aesthetic. Um,
2: yeah, but the addicts went totally left on that look. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> they did. I mean, they they all they kind of adopted this all whites, clockwork orange. I was going to say vibe. it's very
0: clockwork orangey. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it's almost tied to like back then. It was post. World War II, it was rough, okay. you know, growing up. There's lots of gangs. There's, you know, mm-hmm. violence and all that stuff. But I think the reason they, they kind of derived that look might have been um, built around kind of, you know, you, you're hanging with your buddies. Mm-hmm. And it just made sense because everyone else was wearing black. Okay. So they wore white. Um, from what I've heard, Monkey, the lead singer, he was a little timid back then. And when he put that makeup on for some reason, he was able to, like be That yeah, front man, it was like, like a, a mask, tri- yeah, yeah. You turned into someone else, so uh-huh. um,
0: and that's what he does every show, like Kiss, like it's like every time he plays,
1: yeah. And it's you know, some some people think it's kind of cheesy and lame, but oh,
0: come on, Alice Cooper, everybody's wearing yeah. makeup.
1: There was a huge influence from yeah. bands like that from, uh-huh. for the addicts, so got it. however, they, they got that. I mean, you'd have to ask, ask
0: them, but
2: yeah, but the whole entire idea is just go out on stage and have a good time and put on a good show,
0: yeah. That's cool. So who else at that time was big in England? Like what other bands? Because I'm, I'm a little ignorant to this.
2: Uh, so we're talking about everyone knows of the Sex Pistols and stuff like that. Oh,
0: okay. Then, right, right, right.
2: And then you also got like The Clash is also a big one. Okay. Buzzcocks. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: back then for me, I mean, the bigger bands were, I want to say Temple Tudor was a big one, Influenced the Damned.
0: Mm-hmm. I love
1: the um, Damned.
0: I feel like I've of that one.
1: Crass, you know, some of the edgiest stuff, subhumans. Mm-hmm. That was like a little second wave. But initially it was the clash for for me and mm-hmm. the pistols
0: and And you've met cocks. those guys?
1: Um Which ones?
0: You met like the Clash or anything I I personally have never
1: no. I mean they, they kinda of died off a long time ago. Oh, okay. and, or, and, you know, one of them might have pastor or you know, I mean the Pistols—they only had one album, and that's—it was kind of they—they still people say they were fabricated in the sense like that whole look. Right, my, uh, Malcolm McLaren kind of put that together, mm-hmm. Vivian Westwood, um, and that in a sense, if you think about it, it's kind of funny that that look was fabricated.
2: Interesting, <laughs> um,
1: but the Pistols are so that that album, uh, never mind the Bullocks, was so huge hmm. that people were like, "Wow, this is the new thing." Um, musically, for me, I was a The clash person, Mm -hmm. and at the same time, it was the Ramones. Um, it was you know, other New York bands go that was that were happening. Um, at the same time, so punk rock started with England and New York,
0: okay?
1: Right? So the Ramones had the leather jackets first, I know that for sure. The black leather, yeah. So people then you see bands in England wearing black leather, right? Yeah, and that happened because. The Clash would go come to the U.S., or the Ramones would go to the U.K. So it was a, just a huge hodgepodge of influence, right? Interesting. And back then, New York was edgy. You got bands like Blondie, um, The Jam, New York Dolls. Um, I've heard of
0: New York Dolls. Okay. So
1: it was a huge, huge scene there. And then with England, too, I think it just formed into this huge punk rock scene.
0: Who's the band that was um, recently in a documentary where they had this song called, like, God Save the Queen or something and it was like people were anticipating that record coming out because it was so in your face God and Save then they, the Queen and then they kind of like fell off
1: well the, the Sex Pistol um, that's, a, that's a Sex Pistol song is yeah it, is it, but that came it out in like 77 yeah it was a
0: long time ago and then they that, but people were like oh my gosh they couldn't believe that they were saying something about the Queen. Back then, yeah. Well, yeah. A,
2: there was a bunch of censorship back then in mm-hmm. England about music. Mm-hmm. So, oh, they were hated. All
1: of that shit. I'm oh, mm-hmm. sorry. All of, the, <laughs> all of those things were, you know... My dad told me one time my, you know, one of the family members threw that album out the window. What? Yeah, so it was because it was anti-establishment, anti-politics. Yes. You know, and I think going back to, like, the freedom of thought and freedom of doing what you want to do and stand for what you want, who you are. Mm -hmm. That's the really core for me growing up of what punk Punk is. Punk rock is.
0: Okay. It's funny. I've been at all the punk that I've been introduced to has been through, you know, my short stint uh, as a life into snowboarding and, and, you know, playlists and living with a bunch of bros in Colorado. And they're all listening to like Eagles of Death Metal and like, you know, crazy stuff. and um, That's crazy. Well, to me it is. It's just like I remember some of those songs and I'm like, oh my rock and gosh, rock. they're yeah. super hardcore. But punk rock, I i mean, I've been to parties where a punk rock song will come on and all the guys grab each other around the necks and they're like, rah, 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 and they start singing along. And it's just like this brotherhood moment. And I'm like, I don't get that. I want to understand that. That is so cool.
2: The music is just, you know, it's it's rage, basically. So it, it brings up your anxiety, you know, it brings up your, you know, excitement.
1: It's an opportunity to let out that aggression. Uh-huh. And yeah, that, and that energy that you've pent up during the week.
0: Okay, yeah. okay.
1: It's probably more healthy than drugs and alcohol.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, okay. Without a doubt. Are there a lot of straight-edge guys in punk?
2: Actually, yeah. there's a big following of that. Hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, really? A, a, a type called hardcore, like, you know... Basically, none of them do any drugs, any alcohol, wow. all that stuff. They're mm-hmm. they're just all about the music and the PMA. Hmm.
1: Positive, yeah.
0: That's pretty legit.
1: And that in New York or East Coast, that was the huge thing. Um, Mind of Threat, I believe, started that kind of movement. I've heard of them
0: as well. Yeah. 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 Um, go
2: ahead.
0: Yeah. What uh, M- is MXPX considered punk? <laughs> <laughs> what is that Why really?
2: Yeah, it's well, a touchy I'm subject because. You know they were—they are punk. They do play a style of punk rock, but then they also were coming out like, "Hey, well, you know we're we're a Christian band and stuff like that." That's what I remember when oh, I was like right. fifteen, sixteen, right. and I'm like, "Wait a minute!" Like this type of music is supposed to be like you know
0: anti-establishment yeah anti-establishment
2: non-judgmental you know like hey like uh-huh. but then again if we're punk rock and we're not judging someone then if it they want to play matter. that style of music then we shouldn't be judging on how they got play it, got it got okay.
0: it
1: okay so to be punk or punk rock is a label right it's just like a genre thing mm. punk and punk rock is an attitude you either have it or you don't
0: so I definitely don't have it no <laughs> oh, you got it <laughs>
1: your garden was so a, punk rock oh, I, have
0: like a, <laughs> I have a beautiful garden outside which is super punk rock uh, i always stop at stop signs full punk full anti-punk rock um i do speed often <laughs> times uh, well you know there's a there's punk. a couple
1: bands that uh you know they were doing that through the years you know and i think <laughs> they got faster right so, uh exploited <laughs> so bands like that i mean I don't know. I don't want to yeah, get off that. Yeah, there's some tangent, really,
0: but... really, really fast stuff to where, like, I can't even understand what they're saying.
2: Yeah, oh, neither yeah. can we. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm like, they're like, what'd they say? I'm like, I don't know. I'm so, like, but
1: again, it, it's a release of, like, aggression of that energy that they have. And mm. people yeah. people gravitate to that. And yeah, okay. you feed
2: off the crowd when yeah. the crowd goes crazy. You're like, all right, let's do this too. Like,
0: okay, you know, let's, and back, let's party.
1: Back to the, the pit or the mosh pit. Yeah, tell me know, about
0: the mosh it, pits.
1: It started really with Pogo. Right, people would do the jump up and down, okay. and then they started like doing a little shoving, okay. Right, and then it evolved into this what, what now we know in California is a circle pit.
0: It's right? insane,
1: it's super fun, it's dangerous. I'm too old for that anymore. Oh but. my god,
0: well,
2: here's the thing like, I I've mean, seen
0: people walk out bleeding, yeah. yeah I mean, it, up, right? that
2: happens because you're sitting there getting your aggressions, but it's not a malicious act, like, you're not going out there supposedly to go and punch some guys. Obviously, Some now, obviously yeah. now, like you get the bad influence of people that sure. come in there, and all they're going to do, I'm going to call them the jock meathead guys. They'll stand in the middle and they're white beaters, and all they're doing is just punching people oh. and just throwing their weight around. and I'm like, dude, that's not what it's supposed to be. Right. It's supposed to be an outlet of you know your aggression and everything like that.
0: So you can bounce off each other You're and stuff supposed to like bounce that. Bounce off
2: some someone, you know, you knock someone over, like you got like six people trying to pick them up. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like they're trying to stomp on them or hurt yeah. them or anything sure, like that. Sure, sure. Like I've had it happen before where I accidentally punched a guy and he came up and gave me a hug and a kiss on the cheek and he was like, <laughs> "You got me good, brother," and I'm like, "All right." <laughs> That's hilarious. But me as now like being in my mid 30s, uh-huh. I absolutely do not go in the circle No. Right? cuz you're running around in a circle and usually I'm drinking and I'm like two times around I'm you're, winded yeah, and I'm yeah. like you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go stand in the back where
0: the AC's nice and just I watch know. the music. Just watch the music. Luke, you're managing your dad's band, Addicts, right? Or you I am now.
1: Okay. Uh, I started all I can talk about.
0: Got it. Word, yeah. yeah. Um so touring with a punk rock band is it everything that i would assume it to be is it all about like partying all night and all that are you guys just like let's get a nice dinner and go to bed guys we got to get up and do this again
2: (laughs) it's absolutely not partying all day and all night when you show up to the gig you know you do your load in and everything like that and the band does a sound check Mm -hmm. and then basically everyone goes to sleep for about a couple hours Mm -hmm. and just hangs out and
0: Mm-hmm. I mean for our
2: band especially, there's you know, you don't drink or do anything before the gig because the band puts like their heart and soul into it and they okay. wanna give the, the crowd a good performance. So they don't wanna come out all trashed. You
1: know, it it, it definitely did start that way for me personally. You know, I, I started as a merch guy and mm-hmm. you know
2: That's what I do now. Early Woo! early two
1: thousands. <laughs> you know, I was in my twenties and yeah. um it was a great time and I remember You know, for me, you know, when you're that young, you're kind of just trying to figure out a lot of things. But partying was part of it, and back then, I mean, that's not that long ago, but it's definitely changed now, right? Mm. Um, Yeah, there'll be nights where we'll stay up late and talk, and it's mostly just with the crew because you're enjoying each other's. There's no groupie. You're hearing stories. Yeah. Okay.
2: You'll get a couple like VIP members that. that will come backstage, and you know, just that are friends with the band, say hi for a little bit, and then leave. But, you know...
0: Yeah, these guys are, like, older dudes.
2: They're, what, yeah, in
0: their 60s? Your dad, right? And then,
2: you know, they just were on stage for about an hour yeah. and a half, you know, right. dripping sweat and exhausted. So they don't really want to entertain other people. Yeah. They just kind of want to maybe, you know, crack open a beer, sit yeah. down and relax. relax, relax yeah. Have a
1: spliff,
0: relax. <laughs> nice. And is it... Lucrative, or does it even matter anymore? Is it more about just seeing your fans and keeping like, the, the music going?
1: They're, they're still going, and they're selling out venues wow. in the U.S., South America, Europe. So I would say, yes, it's lucrative. They've, they're able to keep this cult following going that they've never been mainstream. I think they, have, they had one or two hits on the charts in the U.K. in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But they've built this community... From live shows and the energy and the fun that you know it's basically this this kind of subculture mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing
2: yeah, wow. just, just touring with the band, uh, like, almost every venue we play locally, like, you will see the same people mm-hmm. coming to every show, every every gig, and it's yep. it's kind of become, like, a friendship when you see them. Really? You're like, really? Oh, hey, what's up with it? Yeah. So those- Don't even know their name, but you're just, like, giving them a hug, like, hey, good to wow. see you. Brett's
1: usually trying to pull some trim, but, you know, <laughs> he's got a girlfriend now.
2: I got a girlfriend now, everybody, off the market.
0: Off the market. So you see people travel, like... Long distances, far yeah, and wide? Yeah, people to tr- get in their
1: cars and drive. I've, I've, I've heard of uh, two days. I've heard of 12 hours, you know, it, it, especially because there's certain states where maybe the the venue or the deal isn't, you know, for that run of shows it doesn't make sense for a band. Because mm-hmm. you got, you got to you got to think about, you've got tour bus. Sure. You've got all these overhead before you even get on a tour, right? Right. So sometimes it's nice to do a small string of shows. Brett's been on those. And, you know, you'll have people that are from a different state, different town, different mm-hmm. city. They'll just go ahead and drive over. Right. Or fly. Yeah, even fly. Yeah. Wow. There's a,
2: there's a family that lives in Tijuana that any Southern California show or Arizona show, oh. they'll, they'll drive to it. No and you'll way. See they met me in the, my 20s.
0: No way. I've
2: known people wow. for like
1: 15, 20.
0: So this is like yeah. something you get dedicated to. Yeah. Punk rock is like a lifestyle it's for oh, life. Yeah. It's in uh, your heart. It's in your heart. It's, and it's you may friendship. Not see it outwardly, but it's you're you're yeah. feeling it. It's a pure oh, yeah.
1: friendship thing, you know. And see, for me personally, and Brett probably attest, seeing that energy transfer at, at a gig. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the addict's gig. It could be any gig. Mm-hmm. That's why I go to shows, mm-hmm. right? I want to see that performance. I want to see the crowd's reaction. And we're all there. There's not a care in the world. Mm-hmm we're all there enjoying this sound this energy these frequencies mm-hmm. and we're not thinking about politics we're not thinking about shootings and all this other stuff that like you know you constantly have to hear about at that time we're all the same and we're all
0: together i don't think many rock bands are like that honestly i feel i feel i might have experienced that at a foo fighters show and a metallica show
1: yeah, I'm sure.
2: Well yeah. Dave Grohl is like a huge fan of punk rock and he kind of based like his music on that yeah, sort of lifestyle. I can see so.
1: that. One of the guys in his band was the guitarist for No Use for a Name. You know that? No, I didn't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so California punk rock, suicidal tendencies? Are they from California? <sighs> I don't know where they're from. I I know know them.
1: I love how she just thrown out names. Yeah, (laughs) I saw this flyer.
2: Yeah.
0: No, I actually. So tell
2: me about everything. (laughs) Everything about them. Uh, I feel they like like bandanas. They're maybe
0: the only. (laughs) They just played music. Band that I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know they're pretty popular. Well, actually,
1: they got on K Rock, didn't they? They had the Pepsi song, which
2: uh, institutionalized, right?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, Oh yeah, that's a great one. That
1: still gets played. Absolutely. yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, when I was a high school kid. I was looking for some reason to rebel, and I never heard punk rock, but I heard Limp Bizkit. And for me, that was probably the craziest music I had ever heard. And they did sing that, I only want a Pepsi, just want Pepsi, and I didn't know what that was. So then I looked into it, and then I found about this other band. So it's kind of interesting. If you look into the lyrics of songs, you can hear about so many other things and so many other bands, which is really cool. uh,
1: When you heard Limp Bizkit, how old were you? do you 15? remember 15 yeah i was probably about 19 and i was looking for the nookie so i was like hey we have something in something in common here right i just was searching some, for a cookie rap metal <laughs> yeah I, know,
0: I really liked it i thought it was great and there was something about it and i'm talking about the earlier records yeah. the three dollar bill y'all stuff which is super crazy <laughs> uh but i think with that Maybe kind of warmed me up to the idea of punk. I just really never found any bands that I was really into.
1: Well, they have that aggression, don't they, Brett? I mean, yes, they do. They pulled that from other influences, probably from the hardcore scene. Yeah, you know, there's, okay. there's, a, there's a there's this like kind of this series of um, I would how would I describe it? You know, when someone started screaming, putting that type of aggression on a vocal, uh-huh. that can go all the way back to probably Aussie. Um, ah. you know, all the way through to like the early, early metal, which isn't really even called metal anymore. But that aggression, back to the aggression, it's like a release of that aggression, yeah. right? Yeah. So they packaged it, I, don't, I can't believe I'm talking about Limp Bizkit, but they packaged <laughs> it in a way that was very commercial. They had a rap, super they had commercial. the rap fu- yeah. and a dude spinning and it just, but doom It blew up. There right? was
0: so much of that in the '90s. So many rock bands with DJs. Yeah. yeah. Incubus. Korn. Like I think. Corn. Corn was
1: before that. They actually probably. For me, it was the Deftones. I. I oh my gosh. Deftones yeah. were the, tones, the yeah. ones, and then you you have the use that came out of that with and the thrice and.
0: Oh, you know, the, the right, Screamo. Right, right. That got a little too intense for me. I'm not yeah. a big screamo person. Yeah, right. but I think I'd. That's, I think that's in kind of face. how that
1: happened, and then. Yeah. You know, these bands now that it's still in Warp Tour. Most of the Warp Tour bands now are all Scream or Ugh, metal bands.
0: No, I can't. So,
1: and kids love it.
0: They love it. Yeah. I know, I don't get it. Last question. Both of you tell me the, the most punk thing, punk rock thing that's ever happened to you. Oh, gosh. A really good punk rock story or a moment that you had that you could share with me because I need to know.
1: Go
2: ahead. I would think, like, the most positive punk rock thing I ever had was, I can't even remember the band, but I was in the pit with my buddy Jeff, and there was this big dude in there. I mean, he was huge. (laughs) And me and Jeff knocked into him and knocked him over. And then he comes up. He
0: fell? Yeah, he falls.
2: And he gets back up, and he looks straight at us, and he starts running towards us. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) And he just picks me up in one hand and my buddy Jeff up in one hand and just throws us. <gasps> and we fall down and I just see him steaming towards us and I think he's coming to like beat us up. And... All of a sudden, he just reached down, put both of his hands up, and he's like, come on, brothers, let's go, and grabs <laughs> us, and basically pulls our arm out of our sockets, ripping them <laughs> up as high as we go, gives us a little tiny Whoa. hug, and goes on his little merry way back
0: into the pit. That is so cool. See, I would be deathly afraid to go into a pit like that. That's great. Yeah. I still am. I did, for two seconds at a Metallica concert, I had just turned 30, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I ran down the hill, and I'm like, let's go. And my husband's like, where are you going? We weren't married then. But I'm like, bye, I'll see you later. And I thought I was protected. I had, like, boots on and a big leather jacket. And I run down, and the swirling's going on. And I'm like, go, ah, go. And I go in, and everybody's just kind of pushing, and they're everybody's stepping on each other. And it's this whole thing, and then there's this little swirly bit that was in front. So I step into it, and I immediately get taken around. It's almost like you step into a tornado, and you're like, okay, here I go. You go around, and then all of a sudden, this bouncer just from the other side of the fence goes, whoop, like a little baby cat, and pulls me up over the fence. He's like, rescued me almost. What about you, Luke? What's a good story? Uh,
1: So many. It's it's hard to uh, kind of choose one. Um, My dad always says that. Uh, Joey Ramone's my godfather so we'll just start there but that's just a declaration but I think for me <laughs> yeah Luke's middle um,
2: name is actually Ramone
0: yeah. no that's so cool um, now we know how we know you're but
1: name. <laughs> I think uh 2004 I was on a tour with um the addicts the misfits the UK subs and a few other bands Marky Ramone um And we're touring a full U.S. tour and it was a long tour, you know, probably about 30 odd dates called Fiend Fest. It was fun. It was probably one of the best ones I've been on. But um, at the end of that, you know, you make so many good friends with the bands and, you know, there's so many like little clicks that, you know, and just it's all fun. Um, But the UK subs were um, they had a couple other gigs just after that. Uh And so we were all supposed to fly home or travel home. And I remember I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just check these guys out. And their next gig was in this like squat house in, in Philadelphia, like the <laughs> worst little like dungeon, um, you know, cold, gritty is just imagine what you, whatever you're thinking. Is right. Exactly. And they had equipment and they played a gig and it was just the grittiest, um, most disgusting, sweaty environment I've ever been in. But <laughs> I basically was a bouncer for them. For there was no stage; it was just a like a gravel floor inside this this building. And the whole time, I just the whole time, you know, Charlie Harper. I'm like, I'm not gonna let his mic get knocked over. The whole time, like I just hauled his mic, and I got all these big guys just pushing me the whole time. Oh, I, no. I, I wasn't a big guy at the time, and it was it was part of me was like I was so stoked to be doing that for them, but I also was so immersed in the show. And they're one of my favorite bands, so I think that's probably up there.
0: That is so cool. Yeah.
1: And Charlie After is like, thanks, Luke. <laughs> it oh was my god, saved me. Because it was just like, you know, punk kids, they're all drunk. Yeah. They're like smashing into things. And I, I, I'll i say this. The next day, I had bruises all over my body. But it was, wow. it was probably but one it was, of the yeah, coolest yeah, things. It's yeah.
0: pretty sweet. Thank you so much to Luke and Brett for coming in today. I learned a lot. And I love music. I just didn't know that much about punk rock so now i do and i hope you do too make sure you rate and review this podcast so that other people can find it and if you'd like to become a patron go to patreon.com slash the little bit podcast so you can help me make amazing podcasts just like this one the little bit podcast is produced by me joni sprague and is recorded in orange county california the music you're hearing today is from the Attics. Download it now on iTunes.